we've got the headphones on and we're in front of these cool microphones, you don't realize how many mistakes you make along the way. I also realized that I speak really fast because I'm from Minnesota. I had to like slow down to be able to say some of the words. Unlike a lot of financial books where the examples are so extreme, these feel like they're approachable and relatable. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet founder and chief change agent of Flying Elephant, Deanna Singh, founder and CEO of Genius Guild, Catherine Finney, and co-creators of Rich and Regular, Julian and Kirsten Saunders. Tune in to hear the ways that these authors hope their audiobooks inspire listeners. From the creation of inclusive workplaces to achieving business dreams amidst personal and societal challenges. Enjoy! Hi, this is Deanna Singh, author of Action Speak Louder. I wrote my book because of really kind of a personal connection and also a professional connection. On the personal side, there were so many times in my career where I definitely felt excluded, where I felt like I was on the outside looking in and wondered if the people who were kind of performing those exclusionary behaviors, if they even had any idea of how I felt. There were moments where I definitely thought that I couldn't thrive, that I, I couldn't do what I was being called to do because of that exclusionary behavior. And so there's definitely this personal component of the work and of the book. I wanted to make sure that I could give people the tools they needed so that nobody has to have that feeling of exclusion in their workplace again. On the professional side, I've had the opportunity to work with so many organizations that deeply want to be inclusive. The leaders do, the organizations, and the way that they're structured and their systems, and it's where their hearts are pulling them, but they don't know what it means in their day-to-day practices. And so This book is really meant to be a guidebook, something that you can pick up, read, put it down, and and put it into action right away. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be grateful. I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity to be able to have a microphone, to have a platform, to have a book with words in it where I can share lessons that I've learned and stories that have helped guide my own leadership journey. It is my hope that when people listen to this book, they will get an opportunity, kind of that inspiration, that ability to ignite something in themselves that really allows for them to create the kinds of inclusive workplaces we absolutely need. So for me, the very fact that I get to be a small part in somebody else's much bigger story just fills me and really overfills me with a sense of gratefulness. I realized I had a really hard time pronouncing a lot of different words. And it was surprising, some of the words, because they were words that we look at or see every single day. One example is the word ass, A-S-K-S. I still can't say it right because I think that we take for granted, you know, the words that we use on a daily basis. And when we're not necessarily listening to ourselves and listening to ourselves with as great a detail as we do when we're in the studio and we've got the headphones on and we're in front of these cool microphones, you don't realize how many mistakes you make along the way. So it was very humbling 
to listen to myself say words that I write all of the time or see all of the time or thought I knew how to pronounce and realize I've been pronouncing them wrong my whole life. In this book, there are a number of stories that I share from my own personal experience. Some of these are stories that I've told many times, and some of them are stories that I've never really shared publicly. I am really proud to be able to use some of the experiences that I've had, the good ones, the bad ones, the in-between ones, as a tool to help with the learning process of others. So I'm really excited for listeners to not only hear the stories that I share, but also for them to think about their own stories, the things that come to mind for them when they're reading about some of these ideas and how to take these ideas and put them into action. The more people can personalize the kinds of lessons that we're trying to teach in this book, the more effective it's going to be. So I am really super excited to be able to hear other people's stories and the stories that this will help generate for other individuals. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would have cast Maya Angelou. She had, you know, one of the most beautiful voices, not just her natural voice, but her voice on paper, the way that she showed up as an activist. But I think the reason why I would choose her is because she at one point wasn't speaking, right? She had this time in her life where she didn't feel like she could use her voice. And I think that a lot of times in my career, I've definitely had a similar feeling. Even in my personal life, I literally had a time where I felt like I wasn't going to be able to speak. To be able to have somebody like Maya Angelou who really understood and utilized and was just so wonderful at being able to use her voice to be able to create power, not for herself, but for others, that would just be unbelievably amazing. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but the one that has left the biggest impression on me was Michelle Obama's Becoming. Now, for many people, that won't be a surprise, right? The book did very well. The audiobook did very well. But the reason why her story resonated with me so much was because, in many ways, I felt like she was singing parts of my own song. She talked about what it felt like to be the one and the only in many of the professional settings that she was in. She talked about what it felt like to be a mother, to be somebody who was kind of thrust into the public eye. She talked about the challenges of being able to navigate the professional life and the personal life and all of the different things of being the first also. And so there were many times where I just felt like as I was listening to her, I saw a different way to look at my own story. She is an extraordinary person, and it was such a gift to be able to hear her tell her story in her own voice. I love listening to audiobooks when I'm walking. I like being able to be out and about in the world and watching people and looking at trees or wherever it might be that I'm walking and also listening to somebody craft a story. For me, it is feeling like I'm kind of present, right? Even if I'm not present with the person who's reading it, that I'm still present and in the world in which they were able to create their magic. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. 
Regardless of your rank, title, or position within your organization, find creative ways to identify the privileges you do have. Despite the standing power and position of your group within society, seek out ways you can advocate for others. Before jumping to the sweeping, long-term, and widespread changes you want to make so your entire organization becomes more inclusive, start with the immediate, short-term, and particular workplace advantages you enjoy every day. Start by setting the dinner table. Understand porcelain columns, create thali ones. This is Katherine Finney, author of Build a Damn Thing, How to Start a Successful Business If You're Not a Rich White Guy. I wrote my book because I couldn't find any business books that were written for people like me, people who weren't born rich, who weren't born on first base, people who were playing the business game but had to play it at a harder level because of our identities in this world, whether we are a woman whether we are a person of color, whether we don't have money or didn't come from money. Many of the business books I have read in the past always assumed that we all had the same resources and we all had the same access to people, and that's just simply not true. And so what do you do when you don't have that? What do you do if you didn't go to Stanford or you don't have the network or you didn't come from family that can write you know, massive checks to you? And so this book is really for the rest of us, the 99% of us, who weren't born with all the resources, that have to work really hard to build our businesses, that have to get creative, have to think outside the box. This is who I wrote my book for. I was inspired by all the entrepreneurs that I've met over my 20 plus years of building companies, building communities, and investing in companies. I've met the most incredible people who have big dreams, who are working very hard to build companies and startups in the world that just frankly hasn't been created for them. As I was writing this book, I was thinking of those entrepreneurs, those dreamers like myself, and making sure that I put information in the book that would help more inspired to dream, and to build. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhausting. <laughs> and mostly, it was exhausting because, wow, imagine talking about yourself, this book that you spent years writing for hours. But luckily, I had such an amazing team that we were able to knock it all real quickly. And so that made it a lot of fun. But it was like, wow, I am talking for hours straight. But the good thing about talking so much is that I realized that it also made me a better listener. Because at the end of the day, I just wanted to listen to other people talk and not myself. <laughs> so there's a lot of good that came out of this besides this amazing audiobook. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a lot of words. It's one thing when you're a writer and you write them and you're like kind of saying them in your head. And it's another thing when you actually read it. <laughs> and so I realized I had trouble pronouncing and recognizing the difference between systemic and systematic. And I would read systematic as systemic, and I would read systemic as systematic, and I kept interchanging them in my head. And then I also realized that I speak really fast because I'm from Minnesota. and I had to like slow down to be able to say some of the words. I'm proud that I was able to really talk about my story and the story of my family. 
It's one thing to know your story. It's another thing to tell it and to tell it out loud. And so I'm very proud that I was able to do that, particularly about my father and his beginning and how he was this lifelong builder who built an amazing career against all the odds. And I'm very excited for people to hear about that. I'm excited that listeners will learn more about what it takes to build when you are a woman or a person of color or maybe not a rich person. And I'm also excited that listeners will learn the power that we have. I think sometimes as builders, we think that the resources we have are not as valuable because they're not the same as traditional resources. But we have family members who can help us. Maybe they can't write big, large checks, but they can definitely help promote us. I talk a lot about that in the book about working with our families and making sure that our families are involved and getting them involved in our work in ways in which they can help because they really do want to help us. And when I say family, I mean the global definition of family, not necessarily biological family, but anyone that you consider part of your community. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Oprah as my dream narrator because she's Oprah. And I don't think I need to say anything more. I like the tactile nature of books. Like, I like to hold it. I enjoy the smell of a good library. The, like, decaying dust paper sort of smell. It's associated with a lot of great memories for me. So I actually like physical books. So my favorite place to read is actually in bed, right before I go to bed. And I have... On my nightstand right now, about 12 books, and I'm not exaggerating, stacked on my nightstand, books that I've either finished, I'm in the middle of, or that I have yet to read. I also love to read on planes. It's something about being captive and the quietness of airplanes that makes it a great place to read a good book. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. And none of the 30-plus books that I've read on entrepreneurship contained an example of a successful startup led by a Black or Latinx founder. The tech world promotes the concept of -of out-of-the-box thinking, but can't think of any successful entrepreneurs whose very existence is out-of-the-box. This book teaches you everything you need to go from idea to your first product to raising your first million dollars in investment. Hi, this is Julian Saunders, author of Cashing Out, Win the Wealth Game by Walking Away. This is Kirsten Saunders. I wrote Cashing Out because, quite frankly, it needed to be said. It's the book that I wish I had been given as I was a new graduate from college. It's the book that I wish I had read earlier in my career. It's the lessons that are passed on when you meet the right mentor or the more experienced person who's willing to be completely honest about what life is going to look like in a professional environment. And I hadn't found a book that actually contained all of that knowledge. And so we decided to write it. Yeah, so Cashing Out is part personal story, part the story of others that we've met along the journey to financial independence, but it's also a bit of a love letter to a lot of the readers and listeners out there. One of the things that we learned, obviously, in learning about money is that you can't separate work from money. And most people define winning at work by getting the raise or getting the big promotion. And what we've really tapped into in cashing out is that 
actually winning for the vast majority of people looks like being able to walk away on your own terms. And so in our book, we guide people through how we did that, how others have done that, and how they can do that for themselves. If I had to describe what it was like to record cashing out in one word, I can't think of anything better than the word cool or awesome. Obviously, as a fan of hip-hop, and we talk about that a little bit in the book, I have always aspired to be in a booth someday. (laughs) I never thought it would be to actually record my own audiobook. So it wasn't an album, but this is probably the next best thing. I was going to say cool, but you stole it. So I'll just say (laughs) insightful. I learned a lot about how my brain works when I'm reading and that I oftentimes insert a phantom that (laughs) when it's not on the paper. So it was very insightful to learn how I read and how reading to myself, I actually read much faster than reading out loud. I had to like physically slow down. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word widely. I kept wanting to say wildly. (laughs) And so it would be a widely revered stat or a widely shared experience, but I would call it wildly for whatever reason. (laughs) Yes, I realized I had trouble pronouncing simultaneously. (laughs) There's that L in there that I just kind of skip over, which I credit to being a New Yorker. I am proud that I was able to be honest. Again, given the message of our book, it really requires people to confront some uncomfortable truths, uncomfortable truths about American culture, about work culture, about our social norms. And I think all of those things actually have a huge impact on the way that people manage their financial lives. And so I was proud that I was able to share my own story in a really vulnerable way so that people, I think, can feel more comfortable kind of confronting their own challenges. I'm proud that I was able to maintain the conversational tone and the warm spirit that we wrote the book with. For every chapter, I would imagine a person or a group of people that I was reading it for, and that helped me stay focused on remembering that People are genuinely just trying their best and to try to stay the course and remain kind of like you're just giving advice to a good friend. I'm excited that listeners will hear a new set of rules and rituals and stories that feel attainable, unlike a lot of financial books or a lot of books in general and media, where the examples are so extreme. These feel like they're approachable and relatable, and I'm excited for listeners to get a chance to hear that. If I wasn't going to read Cashing Out, I would cast Denzel Washington. What? <laughs> He's one of the greatest actors uh, of all time in my book. Uh, he is an incredibly animated person. And so I would love to hear Denzel Washington narrate Cashing Out. Okay, we're just picking people. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, it's a toss-up between Cardi B— Simply oh for pure entertainment value. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I would cast Gabrielle Union because I think we have a very similar conversational pattern and she has a dry humor like I do. The last audiobook that I listened to that I really enjoyed was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. In fact, I listened to it a little bit as we were on our way to the studio, because I just wanted to ensure that whatever we recorded sounded as good as what he did when he recorded his. 
I used to have a commute every day where I could catch up on podcasts and audiobooks and just music. Now it's more of like an invisible commute where I have to force myself to go places and take the long way just so I can listen to something. But I love listening to audiobooks in the car or on airplanes. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is called the Silver Comet Trail. So we live in Smyrna, Georgia, which is a suburb just outside of Atlanta, and there is a 66-mile trail that people can ride their bikes or walk on, and it essentially connects our neighborhood, and it goes all the way north, I believe, to the border of Alabama. Now, I've never gone the entire length of that trail, but that is my favorite trail just to go and exercise and to think and to listen to audiobooks. How about I start it off and I'll say, and now... Listen to a clip from our audiobook. Getting a good job, climbing the corporate ladder, buying a nice home, growing a successful business, and making financial decisions are incredibly difficult feats for the majority of Black people today. There are different qualitative variables that require us to do emotional calculus while others perform basic arithmetic. This calculus has a tremendous effect on our decision-making process, mental health, risk tolerance, family, and ultimately financial life. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.